Welcome to the Loaded Bases Podcast. I'm also on Andy Gennaro, my co-host Nick Wilson. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about marketing the game. Uh, marketing baseball, it's relevant to now because of the uh, proposed rule changes that were made by baseball and MLB. Um, and yeah, let's get into it. You have more players in baseball than any other league with much more diverse backgrounds worldwide. More so than any of the other major American sports. And it's the least marketable. Because you make stupid decisions about how you market the players. You don't open it up. Let content go. Get it out there. Quit with this stupid cleat policy, the stupid uh, BAM policy, blackouts all over the place. Like, And that's just dealing with content that we already have available. Like, where's the innovation in content? Like, where, where's the next thing that's, that's going to draw fans in? Like, who, who's innovating? Who's creating something new? Who's trying to identify with the young fans? That's frustrating, man. So here are the rule changes that are going to happen in the 2020 season. The new, ro- the new roster changes. So that's the three batter minimum. There's also new roster limits. So from opening day through August 31st, including and including postseason games, an MLB active roster will be permitted to carry 26 players instead of 25 while holding a maximum of 13 pitchers. So I talked about, I'm just going to say super briefly, this should help the Mets because their bullpen was their main concern and they can use that 26th spot as like a rotating bullpen option if they so choose. I, I know that we, um, that we're going to be talking about marketing, uh, but I just want to say that the, the proposed MLB rule changes are kind of a reaction to trying to speed up the game. Yes. So, yeah. So, the most ja- drastic rule, um, or the most glaring rule, is a response to the two-way player. I refer to it as the Otani rule, but it's not actually called that. So, um, Really? I think that the, the biggest one is the three-batter minimum. Yeah, that's actually probably true, but this is like... Yeah, that's fair. Actually, I just think I just think of like because this was a response so more or less. The only guy that you know. Well, there's like Pat Vendetta. and there's other players like coming up. Um, uh, yeah. In the uh, oh man, he's a player in the Hunter Green. I think his name okay. is in the yeah. Cincinnati. He's a pitcher and and anyway, but it's I just think this is the most interesting because it really is a response to one player. The emergence of two uh, two way players made really notable by Shohei Otani. Um, So basically, per the MLB rule, two-way players can appear as a pitcher during a game and do not count towards the club's pitching limitations to, so like the 13 pitchers allowed. So to qualify as a two-way player, a player must accrue at least 20 major league innings pitched, uh, at least 20 major league games started uh, as a position player or DH with at least three plate appearances of each of those games. In each of the current regular seasons prior to the prior seasons like 2020 only this will include 2019 2018 which will not really affect most players who are two-way players because there's like one now uh teams must declare which player is a two-way player in advance of the game once declared that designation will be will remain uh in effect the remainder of the regular season and postseason again really going to only affect Shohei Otani right um the extra player rule so the 26th player really really um Simple, right, which allows teams to call up an extra player in situations such as a doubleheader, similar, actually not the same, but like a doubleheader, will be replaced with a 27th player rule between the start of the season and August 31st. This player will not count towards the pitcher roster limits above um, and uh, certain circumstances where the club may designate a 14th pitcher, perhaps an injury or a really late inning game. Um, Injured list reinstatement and option period for pitchers. Pitchers or two-way players cannot be reinstated from the IL until at least 15 games. So that was previously 10. And reduction in challenge time. So I think this year they're actually going to announce, like football, what the play was and what that's going to do. I guess it is more visibility, but like I I don't think... I mean, in football, I understand it more, but like baseball, like... I don't know how much it adds. Like, yeah, I, I was I was confused when I saw that because it's like the, like the runner was out. Like, what's to explain there? Like a like a double play, sure. Like the neighborhood play, sure. But like a lot of times in baseball, it's pretty clear cut. Like what the yeah, ruling on the I, field I, was. I almost like the reaction when they when they show it on the 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 projector screen and everyone's looking and they see like that it was clearly out or that he clearly was safe. 
right? And the whole stadium reacts and everyone's going, oh, and then the umpire yeah. has to run over and like get but, the, you know, I, so I don't, I didn't really get that. I think baseball is doing too much. It's also you much. have, you have 20 seconds to review yeah. a play instead of 30. So, yeah. um, like, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay. Yeah. I think so. baseball is just making it too hard on themselves. I don't, yeah. I mean, these are, I'm actually, I like minor tweaks. Like, I think, like, it's sort of like when Mine, iOS yeah, updates yeah. and you're like, oh, all right, oh, this is a little better. Yeah. Like, so this, these changes I actually don't necessarily have a problem with. But I have three, a problem with the three, yeah. The three, yeah. I don't think you need to mess with baseball like that. Like, I think it's kind of okay the way it is. Like, and that's also strategy. That makes it exciting. Yeah. I don't know why you would take out strategy. Um, exactly. Wow. We agree and, on everything. That's, <laughs> that's a thing. That's new now. Okay. <laughs> Um, we don't usually, but what, what we do sometimes. But, and you can also market that, that fact that you have to bring in a left-handed hit, a left-handed pitcher to face a right-hander and then bring a right-hander and face a left-hander, yeah. like, et cetera. I, I think also, like, you're taking away jobs, too, from loogies, le- long, like, lefties, like, like, Jerry Blevins, like, yeah. you know. Um, People's roles will begin to change. Adam Adovino. Yeah, like, these lefties that are super just, like, lefty specialists, like, why would you take away their job? Like, I understand, like, to speed up the game, but is it, re- I don't know. It Pitching changes, I get it. It's, like, takes some time, but I don't know. I just think messing with the game and tinkering like that is, is, uh, is, is deleterious to me. Yeah, to I think me. that that was a little drastic, out of all the rule changes. Yes. So, now the overarching question that we are going to attempt to answer in this episode, the marketing episode, episode seven of the Loaded Bases podcast. Why is baseball becoming less popular? Well, it's been becoming less popular for a long time now. It has. And so I want to start. There's been three popularity spikes in the game, right? So over the course of the game, do you do you know what those three are? Just, like, take a guess. I'm sure you I'm sure you know what the three... Oh, so this is dating the entire history of baseball? The entire history, there's been three... Super huge well, spikes. Like right after World War Two. N- well, there's One. been three. There's been three specific things that have prompted changes. So I'm looking at the graph right here. That's MLB attendance, uh, and it's from going back to 1901 into 2006. But but there hasn't been. I have data from other spikes. There hasn't been. It was a steroid era? One of them. One of them was steroid era. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, the, the 90s. So that the, was actually the, the 90s. Largest. Basically, the three things that that created major spikes in baseball popularity was the create the radio right the new medium of radio for for games okay. baseball is a stop and go sport it it really favors radio that generation was a slower time having a, a you know ra- ba- baseball is a game that stops and starts and stops and starts you have a lot of time for analysis like baseball is inherently lends itself to analysis and so that in the audio art audio form it, it makes a lot of sense so it, it just they work together and and so that was the, the first one okay the second one i have a point on that but I'll continue. no continue no say it now because well, uh, what i was going to say is that isn't that obvious though because why how else were you catching games before radio well that i mean yeah and that's then, true too and then again that radio is the, yeah. was the only medium to watch it on because tele- people didn't have television television so. right so that's yeah so that is actually you're right that's the main thing right it was the only so that, that's an right. obvious spike. But that's yeah, an obvious. Right, no, no, no. Because these are no. These are obvious spikes. Right. But I'm saying that, I, I, like, you're right. Like that. Um, that it was the only option. But I think, like, if if soccer, let's say, was on the radio, yeah. aside the fact that soccer fans are like die hard, like baseball is better on radio than soccer is on radio. Mm-hmm. So I think that helped. Um, especially like the people used to listen to like the game all, all day, like on their, in, in the deli, like the deli, that was the thing. My, my dad and my friend's dads would tell me like, you go into a deli, you say, what's course, the score? Of course, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. It still happens now. It still happens now. Not less so, right? So then the second spike you obviously can guess was television. Yeah. And then the third one was, was steroids. Was steroids. But of those three spikes, right, we, we've kind of alluded to this. The major spike was steroids, was the steroid era. In the '90s, so all throughout the '90s, like MLB attendance, we okay. saw we saw precipitous, like these like these these huge huge spikes, um, in the game, right? And then and then after steroids, um, it sort of just fell. Okay. And there was one spike in 2003. Um, I've done some research and I checked on that, and there was a, there was a couple reasons, like like post 9/11, those those seasons just happened to be really good. But but the question that I that I have is like, you know, I, I want just to answer this question, right? I went back and I looked at the the 2003 NLAL All-Star game. 
And I was looking at a lot of the players on those rosters, and I was like, wow, the players today are just as good. Like, like they're today the players are younger, they're yeah, faster, yeah. they're better, they're mm -hmm. stronger. Like they're they're just they're so exciting. But like, why are we not seeing the same attendance? And it's because it's just the it was after steroids. Like steroids, we're not. I, this is not obviously breaking any news to anyone, but that created this chasm of credibility in baseball. Yeah. And baseball lost its credibility. Well, it, was, it wasn't just steroids. It was a mix of a lot of other things. It was also the rise in popularity of, of other of sports. basketball. And football. And football. Yes, um, that is true. Football more so in the early 2000s. Basketball later on, 2008 to, to present. Um, and David Stern and what he was able to do in transforming the NBA. So I think that when you start to question the credibility of 75% of the greatest players in, in the sport at the time... Um, it therefore allows room for other sports to grow and to claim popularity. Because you could also say that in 2003, baseball was the number two sport next to football. Well, no. So what happened actually, like the so there's like a, there's some data from Business Insider. Like um, it's this it's the it's Harris is they're a famous polling company and they created a poll, uh, and it literally that's the narrative that we're describing on a hunch is literally what happened. So in like 2003, like baseball started to go down. In 2005, we start to see like actual the hearings that continued into 2008. They started to happen. People became more public, were more publicly aware yeah. of steroids, and millennials, who we'll talk about as a key part of this equation, saw so many of their heroes just become frauds. Like, yeah. like, and all these players that you rooted for as a kid are just like villains now. And it was detrimental because because of the way that baseball responded to it, denying its existence for so long and then denying the impact that it actually might may have had, um, which turned out to be besides the point regardless yeah. because these guys were cheating at the end of the day. And so because baseball's reaction was so lackluster, uh, fans therefore got so upset with the credibility of these of the games and and the integrity of the games and and knowing that what they were spending their time um their valuable time watching uh wasn't legitimate and again baseball had a slow reaction to steroids and um were weak with punishments in the beginning um and it was further detrimental to the game for a, and, and for a long period of time that. continuing into now and I think that uh, an example that you can draw now where baseball really needs to step up and put the pressure on is this is the situation with the Astros because you're having another situation where they're saying, well, you know, they got a slap on the wrist as a punishment, which is just like what happened when steroids first started. The claims that it might not have been as beneficial, um, which happened exactly the same time that steroids happened. So baseball needs to be very careful and not angering the fans further because we are finally just beginning to get out of that period yeah. of um, – of uh, cheating scandals, and then to be thrown back into it when you were so sure that all these players were so great, and they are, they're talented. It, it, it's not good for the sport at all. Yeah, so basically the the data actually shows, right, um, the Harris polls that it, it is literally right around 2003, right before the, the shit really hits the fan. Um, football, football actually specifically swoops in and takes, and takes popularity. So, like, 2003... 32% of Americans say that football is their favorite sport as opposed to uh, 16%. baseball, which is no. Baseball no, was at 7%. Damn. So it, it's, it was just unbelievable that how, how much it flew. And, and MLB attendance shows this. That, like, that's interesting, though, because MLB, well, Stewart's gonna, wasn't in the forefront at that time. So like 2000 to 2001 season, we saw a, a rise because of, I think all sports saw a jump. It's three point six zero percent attendance, right? After nine eleven, baseball becomes a distraction. But then every year after that, like we saw two thousand and two, neg down six percent. Two thousand three, it's it, it it in terms of its it it elevated, like it didn't stop uh, going down at the same percent, but it's down four point four percent. Two thousand four, it's up eight percent. It's up two percent. It's work, up like, work, work. but but ultimately the trend is really going down. And so if you look at World Series ratings, I mean this chart is very telling. Uh, from nineteen eighty four to two thousand eighteen, I have the FanGraphs report in front of me. The World Series TV ratings is just spiking, just going down. 
Mm-hmm. Like literally just going right. up, so base- and up and yeah, down, but uh, really down, yeah. trending down. It's no secret that baseball's popularity has been has rapidly decreased since and the And so early I think baseball's now in this loop where they keep continually comparing their success to the steroid era, but that was artificial. So mm. MLB is now trapped in this loop where they're like, how do we get back to the popularity of the steroid era? Let's juice the balls. Everyone loved the home runs. Chicks dig the long ball. Like, And they keep going back to that, but it's like, no, you need to find new frontiers. That is how MLB is going to escape this ch- chasm that they're in. It's to stop, stop comparing yourself. Try, stop trying to tinker with the game. And so... I think ultimately the thing that people need to understand too is how you get to to new frontiers. And I would start in terms of like certain demographics, like for instance, African-Americans participate in baseball slightly less than they did. Like 2016, I think they hit a low. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure the drop-off is pretty significant. But, and it still hasn't increased, but like you have to ask yourself why. And, and a lot, the main argument that I've heard is that you know, African-Americans and blacks don't have equal access to some of the resources that allow maybe like travel teams to happen or like that. That's some of the arguments that I've heard. But there, but it also seems like, I mean, I heard something like there was something about like Justin Verlander, like he was struggling to like pay for, which I'm not sure is true. But it just seems like, yeah, there was some report on him done by Bleacher Report where, where someone like was reporting that he like almost didn't have like pay for his travel teams because his parents couldn't afford it. But like, it just seems like, you I, know. I think one of the, yeah, my bad. Baseball struggles to attract like blacks and African-Americans to the sport. And I think one of the reasons is kind of obvious though. And the fact that there is an instant success when you get to the league in basketball and in football, you're drafted out of college or high school, you go straight to the league. In baseball, it's not that way. And the idea of making $600 a month in the minor leagues is not appealing because again, you're not guaranteed to make it to the major leagues. Obviously, you're not going to really, you can't rid the majors of the minor leagues because you have to get to that point. Yeah. Um, and that's what makes the sport so great is that you have to still go through all this training to even make it to the pros. And that's the other thing that I they always say. I go back to the CSR model with Starbucks. CSR is corporate social responsibility. You know, we hear these companies like Starbucks or their, their mission statement, right, is like, when you come in our store, <laughs> we want you to feel like you can be inspired to do anything. Oh. It's like, no, pay your fucking taxes, and yeah. maybe people will actually start to like believe some of the things that you're saying. MLB is very similar, right? They have all these things, you know, let the kids play, and all these. No, I like, how, I like, like to let the kids play. Though. Fine, but I'm yeah. saying pay your fucking players yeah, in yeah, the yeah, minor yeah, leagues. Definitely. Pay your players. Yeah. Make it so that they can actually the like the. Okay, so the other I, thing is like the app the opportunity cost to uh, play a sport any sport, but specifically baseball, where where it's all or nothing, more so than any other sport, where it's yeah. like, you know, basketball, you get drafted, you're in. Football, you get drafted, you're in. Not not automatically. Like, there is some time to develop. But, like, baseball, you could wait seven years. Yeah. And so that that opportunity cost is massive. Like, yeah. it's, so, it's competitive more so than ever, so that if you dedicate all your time, which you absolutely have to, to one thing, not only are, is your opportunity cost high because you're not, you know, you're disproportionately affecting your time into one skill that's not really transferable to anything yeah. else besides baseball. But now it's like I'm eating dirt for seven years as opposed to and like one. Look at a good example, Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge came up when he was 26 years old. When he becomes a free agent, he's going to be 31, 32 years old. Obviously, there's arbitration, but arbitration still means that he has to go and fight and plead a case for why he's worth that much money. So it's absolutely which is ridiculous. Not guaranteed. And then by the time he what reaches if he gets 31, injured? Like that's, exactly. That, and then and then exactly. every year after that, it will exactly. add, it will. Uh, What's that word? It's like compound. So yeah. it'll, it'll compound. So players with the talent of Aaron Judge have the potential to be grossly underpaid. How how good uh, do you think Aaron Judge could have been playing football? Like like he yeah or basketball. He had the leverage. He, yeah, he was one of those all the three team athlete guys. Who I do team. I do wonder if MLB, however, understand because there is like like more talent is always going to equal more opportunity for marketing. The amount of young players we have today is is like it's nothing we've seen in a hundred years. And MLB has this amazing well, opportunity to market these young players, and they're they're kind of doing a not great good. They're not doing a good job. Um, in some cases, they are like individual examples. They are, but like if you could attract more talent, even more than you have now, if you made baseball, if you just paid your minor league players better. Baseball, but I think baseball spoiled with the amount of players they have yeah. now, so they might not respond I to think that. baseball has always had a um, a plethora of good players. 
I think that they need to take their own advice and let the kids play. They're trying too much. They're trying. They're overthinking this. Yeah. I, I think also, like, obviously, right, uh, I am not the voice of the Asian community or the black community or any other community. I'm not. I'm the only. I'm the voice of myself, right? But if I were part of another, any other group, I would kind of look at football and be like, do they have my best interests at heart? I don't think they have right? your... But I don't think they have your best interest at heart in baseball yeah. at the lower levels. But I know if I play baseball, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get a concussion but, in a week. Like, but look at how popular football is, and then how much systemic issues there are in that sport. Yeah. Like that rot from the head town, racist ideas, and 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 not being able to get out of their own way and do what's right and and change with the mindset of the people, right? Yeah. And yet they're still the most popular sport. It's a sport where like 45% of the players that end up playing end up dying from a head injury yeah. or, or CTE down the lot. Killing themselves. And and uh, yeah. Aaron Rod I mean, uh, not Aaron Rodgers, uh, Aaron uh, Hernandez. And like Hernandez, that whole yeah. controversy uh, really didn't impact, didn't make a dent in the popularity of the sport. Now, in terms of also like the, um, the access to the sport, right? Yeah. How much things cost. I think... I think it's kind of this I've heard so many times that baseball costs more to play than other sports. Uh, what? Yeah, like because you the leagues, the you need oh, a okay. bat, you yeah, need yeah, a yeah, baseball yeah, yeah, glove, yeah. you need baseball mitt, you need like time with like with coaching and tournaments. Kind of valid. But I don't see why football is less expensive than baseball. What if you break your arm playing football? True. Medical True. costs. But but you know what there's medical costs in any sport. But you can disproportionately break your arm playing. Ba- football. Yeah, okay, Every but, football yeah, player right, I've ever I mean, met sure. has always has a story of how they dislocated their shoulder, broke yeah. their shin, or whatever. The only and then you're not why, playing for it. The only reason why I don't think that argument's in the forefront is because you can technically hurt yourself playing any sport. But it's it's so much disproportionate. In terms of a, of, of a And also, you stuff. can just, you can, you can uh, impact your facilities. Like, yeah. you're, you know, getting a concussion can hurt your ability to, like, function as an adult. Yeah. As you get older. So, anyway, I, that, that argument, I think basketball is obviously. And soccer are obviously. Well, we're not going to sit here, and we're not going to. When it's not that we're trying to deter people from enjoy, like why. Oh, I think that. you should like baseball for football. Of course, that's our opinion. But not everybody's going to um, agree with that statement. And I agree. Like people yeah. love football, people love basketball, people love baseball. But the yep. problem is, is that people who love baseball have stopped watching baseball. Right. That is. And fair. it was a large portion of the country, and they've just kind of a lot of people that I've talked to. Baseball grew is up, losing Hispanic think fans. About, you and I, we've been friends since we were five years old. So think about. I haven't fucked with you. Ever so, wow. I don't know what you're nice. talking about. Good, it's a nice guy. Um, <laughs> think about the friends that we had growing up who were diehard baseball fans, right? Like Evan, everybody, or Cooper, right? Paul, I could, Paul. Jake, I can't sit yeah. one of those guys down. Maybe Jake, but I can't sit one of those guys down right now. Brian, have yeah, intelligent conversation with them about baseball today, and I don't even about baseball today. Well, but no, about, you hold on, could, hold on, but, hold on. but I just don't think not they about, want to. Not about baseball today, but about sports today in general. I mean, not maybe not Brian, but I'm talking about like Evan. And uh, Cooper, like I can't have a conversation about sports with them in general because they were such baseball fans. They stopped watching the game, and then they stopped watching sports altogether. So there is that group of people that were baseball fans growing up. Well, this is anecdotal became, evidence, but I yeah, guess it represents perhaps disinterested. one other people. Because I, I have a lot of people who tell me I don't watch baseball. I can't. It's too. It's boring. Exactly. But do, but I, I don't think that's a problem. I don't. I think baseball needs to stop thinking that that's a problem with the game because. I, okay, so I, I mentioned this again. I, I What's the problem with the game? That, that it's boring. Like, so I went to a, uh, a game. I mentioned this in another episode, but I'll just mention it again. Like, I was, you know, I was playing ball. I mean, not playing ball, sorry. I was at a Cubs game, and my, my friend Jake just turns to me, and he was just like, dude, I understand why people don't like baseball, because it's the third inning, and, like, nothing has happened. But in my mind, I was watching that game, and I was like, I was like, Jake is, is a, he's extremely smart. He knows more about baseball than I do, but... But he and he was saying that like tongue in cheek, but like, like obviously, if you like baseball, you're focusing. If you care about those players and you know them, you're focusing on their individual stories and their successes and their, you know, oh, he, I know he throws, he's working on his slider and blah blah blah. Like I know the organizational philosophy. Yeah. That's how I enjoy the game. Of course, but, but most fans don't. That's been built up through you. Yes, throughout that's true. time. Because um, I spend a lot of time. Looking this is at these this things. is where baseball is is getting um, worried, right? Because yeah. how are we going to take the average fan? Um, and get them interested. The, so the casual fan who just wants to turn on the game and Bo Bichette, and, right? Home run derby. Exactly. Video. Let's talk about that. Like, so you have to get into organic ways of organic marketing. Yeah, organic yes. marketing. Exactly. That's that's the so people also like I have a marketing background, and I'll tell you that the 
the uh, influencer is a big thing now. I think a lot of it is snake oil. I think influencers are it's like it's a hundred percent snake oil. It's not a hundred percent, but basically the premise behind behind influencers is that you're selling yourself is that well you're selling or yourself selling but but people are the best way to, to to market something is through word of mouth like if i i'm like bro you need to try xyz product it's super good you are more likely to buy it because i told you because you fuck with me as opposed to like if you just saw like a commercial, like yeah. random commercial, right? Influencers are that middle ground. You have easy access to them. They're relatively inexpensive to work with. And they're supposed to be like your, the middle ground between that word of mouth. And like, they're like, hey, you fuck with XYZ influencer. And then the influencer's like, hey, you should try like, you There's know, based one like that oil. That? No, but I'm saying that that's the principle of organic marketing. And so what I saw, the one really, really good organic marketing ad that I saw was the Beau Bichette off-field home run derby video. Yeah, it wasn't just him, it was other players. It was other players, but that's the yeah. one that they marketed. Yeah. Beau Bichette was talking to this young yeah, kid. Yeah, the young kid, he hops he, over the fence. He hops yeah. over the fence, and the kid is like, he's like, yo, man, the camera's watching you. Yeah, and then the yeah, kid's yeah. like, oh shit. And he's like, no, no, I'm just kidding, come yeah, through. Yeah. And they just, they hit a, they had a home run derby on a beach. Yeah. And I was like, dope. oh my God, that's that is organic marketing. That's but why is exactly, it that I had to see something like that one once every 10 years? That's the problem. Yeah. And so I think like, and I, you know, okay, this is extremely biased, but I think shows like hours because MLB MLB is spoiled because millennials right so millennials are a generation that they kind of have in a way like a yeah. little bit because we grew up with the nostalgia mm -hmm. of the Ken Griffey Juniors yep. of the Mike Piazzas of the Derek Jeters yep. A-Rod Manny yep. Ramirez like I could list tons of names oh. these Ichiro uh, oh. Jim Tomey bro Paul and Tenerco, as you're like, saying these things I'm just being filled with these nostalgic memories of success and villains and yeah, all these different exactly. types of things and so, and so MLB knows that millennials have these memories yeah. and they're resting on their laurels and they know that millennials, the low, the, the youngest millennial is 24. 25 is about when like the real spending happens in demographics and they know they're resting on their laurels so they don't really have to market to us. But guess what? Other sports are picking us off because we were watching other sports too. Maybe not as much, but I remember as a kid, a lot of my friends were watching football, but they were watching baseball either more or just as much. Yeah. But football yep. is more popular now. Yep. And football and basketball do a much better job of being accessible to their fans. Sports Center talks about these, like, you, this is your. Wheelhouse. So, uh, what I was going to say is, I, I feel like baseball just comes off lazy trying to. In terms to, of. In terms of trying to connect with the fans and marketing and marketing, yeah. we're, we're marketing, we'll use it as a broad term. I'll go on YouTube, right? I, I like to watch debate shows. I'm a fan of just sports talk in general. I'm a fan mm -hmm. of sports in general, right? Which helps when dealing and with And I'm just baseball, so I don't exactly. I don't, like, and this I, is why this is your... I don't like football, but I like stories. And sometimes when there's an interesting story going on, I'll turn on a football game, right? I'm a fan of, I'm a, I've become a fan of the NBA over my time. Um, the thing is, is that. If I'm looking for, let's say when the Astros cheating scandal happened, right? I remember like when the hand on the punishment, I was like, oh, I want to hear what Chris Russo has to say about this. I like watching High Heat. That's so why I was like, all right, Chris Russo, High Heat, Astros scandal. YouTube did. I was getting videos of Chris Russo and Brian Kenny, the first videos that showed up, talking about the Astros three years ago. And nothing that would that was relevant as to now. If I can, if I go and I YouTube first take, right? First take is the biggest um, debate show in the country, and it's the most watched show on ESPN. Um, I find videos every thirty minutes that they're posting constantly, little segments of Stephen A. Smith, of Max Kellerman speaking on issues. But what are they always talking about? They're talking about basketball and football. And it's like pulling teeth to get them to talk about baseball. They're both Yankee fans, so when the Yankees do well, sometimes they'll talk about the Yankees. But, but that's these, not why. They just, no, I know. But it's just because the, the Yankees are a big market. They're relevant. Yeah, exactly. And people love the Yankees, so they know that when they speak about the Yankees, it's a large enough demographic that they can get people drawn in because there's that many people that are fans of them. Yeah. Right? The Astros cheating scandal was so big that they knew that if they spent five minutes talking about it, they'll still get some views, so it's worth it to them. But because baseball has become so unpopular, these debate shows do not speak on baseball at all. Can we blame them for that? No. Can we blame baseball for not being able to find relevant content 
of people talking. Like I can find Michael K show stuff because Michael the ESPN knows how to market the Michael the Michael K show. MLB Network and baseball do not know how to market their own shows. It takes me days to find a Ken Rosenthal and, and video of him speaking on something that happened. What so I was just gonna say, uh, I want to play a clip for you. This is Trevor Bauer speaking on the issues with MLB, and I think he is a figure that we have all come to know because he's outspoken. So take a listen to this. Later, and Mike Trout goes and launches himself and robs a homer or something, and you can't find the highlight anywhere online. It's ridiculous. You got BAM, that baseball advanced media that was designed to just centralize all MLB content and force people to pay to have access to it. Great, you made a lot of money up front. But you centralize all this content, you make people pay for it, and you know what you get? You get a missing generation of fans. This new ridiculous playoff policy that Rob Manfred has suggested or proposed or leaked, I don't even know how it got on the internet. I don't know why it would even get on the internet. It's that ridiculous. Like just reading through it without even thinking about it for a second, they're just wrong. Like who put this out without thinking of the fact that the best team in the league is gonna get a six day layoff, a seven day layoff, while the, we sort out this whole three games here and this wild card and we're gonna pick our opponent and we're gonna do this whole reality TV stuff. Meanwhile, the best team in baseball is sitting at home waiting for all this crap to transpire. God forbid someone's ace pitches four days before the end of the regular season and then has 10 days in between starts. So, at, well, oh, one, one thing I was gonna say real quick, just about- So his, yeah, from that clip. His, his point on um, the playoffs. I've kind of come around, and we'll, we'll get into what the, the proposed rule changes for the playoffs are. I think I agree with everything that Trevor Bauer said. I think that one thing that is important to note, though, is that some things that are going to make the game more popular and more exciting are going to be things that are going to hurt the players. Players might have to adapt to the changes that, that they're making for the proposed uh, playoff format. And again, I think that it could be exciting for the game. I think that having the second place team be able to choose their their opponent, things that that might add. It's the first place team. No, no, it's the second place team. The first place team gets a buy. Oh, yeah, yeah. The amount of, like, anger that could add to the team that's being the team that's chosen. Like, oh, like, okay, so you want to, like, take us on? That's, that's exciting for the game. So I think that some of the proposed rule changes will benefit the game and that players are going to have to accept that. I want you to understand, though, like, like the one thing that baseball has done, like, so the the format, the playoff format, where essentially it's supposed to deter tanking because, like, half the league now is eligible to be in the playoffs. And it's going to, like, like, I don't think extending the playoffs is necessarily a bad thing. And I do think that the rules uh, address tanking. Um, but it does two things. Like, the reason I was actually very open-minded about this when I first heard about it, mm. um, you know, it does, like, more teams in the league. There's, like, it's, like, there's no, you know top, you know, they're like, I don't need, I would rather have no teams tanking because that really is deleterious for specific markets. Like we've seen like the A's people complain that their market is low and the White Sox people complain that their market's low. But when those teams are good, those teams draw attendance. So you, and same with the Royals. So And it's also with the changes uh, over time, it's kind of become this one big pool. So the but, market, everybody's yeah. kind of playing in the same pond now. But the, so but the, point, that I'm, but the point that I'm trying to make, right, is if every team in the league or like half the teams in the league are good, what's that going to do to free agent spending? Free agency is something that has always been a very competitive market. And now if every team like has a greater chance of going to the playoffs, I think that's not only going to deter uh, free agency, like free agent spending, because teams are going to be like the hurdle for me to leap to get to the playoffs is so low because the chances are so high of me getting there. I don't think I'm going to spend $300 million on Manny Machado. What that's also going to do is it's going to make this free agency drag like it's been. And what does that mean for marketing? Well, it means that if you sign Manny Machado in January now... It didn't drag this year. Well, it well it happened to not drag this year because there was there was very, very good teams and, not very, and a lot of not very good teams. But... 
Um, and there was certain teams that like like the Yankees like needed their player. The, the Angels needed their player. But a couple of years ago, I mean, we were seeing players like Jake Arrieta, like and and uh, Mike Moustakis, like and all these like great players Facts. get drafted like in in fucking like but Craig that... Kimbrell couldn't get a job until the middle of the season. But what I'm saying that's extremely bad for marketing because if you sign a Manny Machado, let's say in October, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have November, December, the Christmas season for jersey sales, January, February, and March to market him. Yeah, 100%. And, and get fans attached. I agree. But now you lose that opportunity increasingly because of things like this. I think it's important to note that a lot of that is not, also ties into the fact that analytics plays such a big, that's true too. Plays that's such true a big too. role. And these teams don't want to spend $300 million on a Manny Machado when they can bring up a Manny Machado through their system or replace him in the aggregate but with multiple players. But this would exacturate players. that further, though. Yeah, 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 yeah facts. Yeah. I agree. So those yeah. are both true, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so the other thing, and the point that we're trying to get at is that this, the problem with MLB's marketing is that there's so many avenues we can go down. The other thing that I wanted to talk about is StatCast. So Word. StatCast, I had this this question that I wanted to ask, which is MLB has been unabashed in their marketing of StatCast, but I know lots of older fans, personally, this is anecdotal, uh, who don't really buy them. Like, first of all, defensive metrics, It's ta- a lot of my friends don't understand them. A lot of my friends don't buy them. They just think they're stupid. How do you measure defense through... Um, Call me stupid? Uh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> so basically... People are not fully around to the this idea of StatCast. So I was wondering how, like, if MLB is marketing this to a certain demographic and another fan base enjoys baseball differently without the StatCast, is this, can MLB, can these two things coexist, right? Can your StatCast crowd coexist with your not StatCast crowd in the same game? Like, like if you're if you're ESPN and you're talking about launch angles and efficient route efficiency, and I'm a fan that hates StatCast, is my enjoyment of the game affected, right? Mm-hmm. And something it, something that I thought was interesting in the '90s, ESPN. This was not meant to be StatCast related at all. This was not even meant to be a movement. But ESPN in the '90s had this thing on their broadcasts where they talked about swing speed. Now, swing speed is a very important part of the game, um, and it's a really useful tool. But Statcast actually doesn't feature it, at least not on their you know on their website. It's you can't find it, and and so ESP. I thought I think that's amazing, but ESPN got rid of it because they didn't think fans really liked it, and and so maybe I'm thinking like, wow, maybe the establishment like baseball doesn't think that fans enjoy this. But last in 2018, ESPN actually did a Statcast game with Mike Petriello, Eduardo Perez, and, and someone else whose name uh, I don't remember, but basically that was actually a huge success. Like, fans really, really liked that game. And it, I watched it, and I think, I thought, I actually kind of like wavered back and forth between yeah. the Viscurgeon game and the uh-huh. Petriello game. Uh-huh. I kind of, it was a little too much for me, even though I love stats, but, like, I kind of didn't need to see it all the time. But that, but objectively, like, it was a very big success. Yeah, I think that, Baseball allows like for that ratings kind of went stuff. up in that game. Baseball allows for that kind of stuff. You're watching an NBA game. You're hearing Mike Breen being like Van Vliet with the ball, Kyrie coming up the floor, bang. Okay, now LeBron has the ball. Now he's running up the floor. It doesn't allow for room to add certain things. And baseball is slow paced, and it allows for you to add content in that that is more engaging for the fans. So I think that that adding things like probability. Um, adding things like swing speed, like you said, or or um, other various statistics, um, can be interesting for the fan. And they've been doing that recently in in, in the postseason. Um, and I, I I'm a fan of it. And I I I mean, like, why not? You want to fill the game up with content. So I do want to say something because I've also heard uh, this idea that that baseball actually is um, talking about this idea of that this idea of attention spans, right? So I wondered this myself because I was thinking, like, I don't think that doesn't seem true. Like, I enjoy baseball as much as I ever did, if not more. Yeah. And, but, yeah. and I mean, I have adult ADD. Okay. I am, a, like, fully diagnosed with adult ADD. 
And so, you know, attention span is something that I find to be a problem, but it doesn't, it seemed like far-fetched this idea that an entire generation of adults can't focus when they, when they want to on something that interests them. And so I found this article from the BBC, right? This is uh, uh, Simon Mabin, who is, you know, a, very, a famous voice in this conversation uh, in terms of like health and wellness. And everybody refers, right, to, the, to a few things. Number one, that millennials specifically are, are the, the attention span is, is going down, which immediately I'm dubious of because every, everyone who is in a position to write articles who's in their 30s and 40s, like who's, you know, has the esteem to write, always, it always comes back that millennials are trash and they're, they're you know, the destroying the fabric of society as we know it. And it's like, and it's just like kind of silly. So, I I found this uh, this study right, and it, it it's uh, by Dr. Gemma Briggs. It's, she's a psychology lecturer at the Open University, and she determined that um, attention span is task dependent. So this is what she says. She says um, I don't. So she says in fact, they think the idea of attention spans are getting shorter is just plain wrong. I don't think that's true at all. Simply because I don't think that's something that psychologists or people are interested in attention would try and measure it and quantify it in this way. Um, basically, the thing that they determined was that the the uh, studies that have been, have talked about like the goldfish example, they're not they're they're false. Like there's her quote said, goldfish can perform all the kinds of t- uh, all the kinds of learning that have been described of mammals and birds. And they've become a model s- system for studying the process of learning and and the uh, processing memory of, inf- of memory formation exactly because they have they have a memory and because they can learn. Uh, and basically, she just goes on to say that goldfishes, first of all, don't have like the short attention spans or memories, and there's no attention spans that humans are sh- the human attention spans are shrinking. I don't agree with this. I think that the attention spans. Obviously, in the literal sense, they probably haven't decreased. But the fact that we are so content and we're so used to doing things and we live in an age where everything is now, 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 now. Everything yeah. is happening quicker. All the technology that we have that's advancing is allowing us to cut, make so many different types of shortcuts, yeah. right? So I think that inherently we are used to, as as the time has gone on, especially in sports, we're getting more used to and becoming more... Um, familiar with fast-paced sports. And I think that baseball isn't doing that. I don't think that you need... I'm not saying change the game, the pace of the game at all in any way. I'm just saying that I do think that with the screens in our face constantly and, and the immediate um, results that we constantly get uh, through technology, that contributes somewhat to people considering baseball boring. Well, I... I... I agree with that, and I don't. So first of all, I think again, like if you are interested, I don't think baseball is inherently boring. I think I don't think it is either. I think that there is what you're getting at is this idea of information overload, which I agree with. Not just sports. I mean, Netflix at your fingertips, Hulu, like YouTube, all these things are expanding and there's just so much options out there for entertainment. So it's not that our attention spans are getting worse. It's that attention is uh, that these uh, like uh, entertainment is just getting more captivating. And so baseball needs to keep up with that. So to say that that this basically the argument here completely debunks the notion that baseball is just inherently not interesting enough and that we need fast paced sports. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's, I don't think that it's true. I just think that we've become so accustomed to it. But that's what we want. We don't need it, but that's what we want. And I, I don't baseball. The thing is, is that baseball needs to to tap into marketing its players and yes. the the players who are most exciting and most and oh, want to be marketed on, the most. Acuna, yeah, Ozzy Tim Alves, Anderson, yeah, so, Pete Alonso. Like, exactly. There's no shortage. Exactly. And the excuse that baseball has made is that players don't want to be marketed. Mike Trout, right? a little true, but here, not. But, but here's the difference right, between baseball and basketball. LeBron James is the best basketball player in the league right now, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Mike Trout's the best baseball player in the league right now, one of the best baseball players of all time. The problem is, when it matters most, final seconds on the clock, LeBron James is going to have the ball in his hand. When it matters most, down one run, two outs, bottom of the ninth inning, there is a good chance you will not see Mike Trout up to bat. Right? So you're you're seeing Mike Trout four times a game, 
like you're maybe seeing, like five or something. Yeah, right? four to five times a game. Ball, yeah, exactly. I get your point. I get your point. And then you're seeing LeBron James every play. The camera is constantly on him, nonstop. That's not something that's going to change because that's how the sports are structured, right? And Mike Trout, baseball wants to make the excuse that Mike Trout, who's one of the greatest players who ever lived, doesn't want to be marketed. I don't think that's an excuse. Derek Jeter, one of the greatest Yankees who ever lived, did not want to be marketed. But they were able to market the fact that he was a hard-nosed baseball player, that he was all about doing his work, was never caught up in controversy, and was the symbol of baseball at the time. He made baseball incredibly popular, not just in the United States, but overseas as well. Everybody in the world knows who Kobe Bryant is. Everybody in the world knows who Derek Jeter is. They were able to tap into that market. So you can tap into the players who do want to be marketed, let the kids play, let them... Derek Jeter commercials were never like... Exactly. Super long content from Derek Jeter. It was just him there and then tipping the cap or something. Yeah, exactly. With Frank Sinatra playing in the background. Mm -hmm. It was that cool, calm, like... this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it my way. That was those. That's how you advertise Derek Jeter. You could do the same thing with a Cody Bellinger who doesn't want to be marketed. You could do the same thing with a Mike Trout who doesn't want to be marketed. With a Nolan Arenado, and then also with a Mookie Who's in Betts. LA now. Exactly with LeBron James. Everybody in the world, and I've said this to Nick off off the air. Everybody in the world knows why LeBron James is playing basketball right now. He's playing basketball so that he can help all these kids in Akron, Ohio get tuition-free college and send them all away to school, right? It's a great cause. It's something, it's something people can get behind. Do it. Mookie Betts went to a church and handed out food. Nobody heard about it. And when a newspaper caught wind of it and did the story on it, apparently he was irate. Because baseball players don't want to see themselves in that light. They don't want to mix their good deeds and market that and make it about themselves. It's a Which team is nice. sport. They, exactly. It's great. You can still market that. Um, and then you can't tell me that baseball doesn't have the footage and doesn't have the right to market, to use that footage in commercials. Um, Mookie Betts is one of the best players in the game. He's African-American, one of the greatest African-American players who's ever played the game. Um, Mike Trout is one of is going to go down, if all pans out well, as one of the greatest players who ever lived. You can market that. Then you can also market Pete Alonso. And Ronald Acuna Jr. in a different light, in a more exciting light. There's so many different Why is avenues. There a shortage of shows like ours? I think it's be. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I my entire life, and you know this. I, I don't need to explain this to anybody. I've been a diehard baseball fan. However, there was a period in my life where I did not watch any baseball. And the only reason why I got back into it is because Derek Jeter was going to retire. There was about three to four years in high school where I was doing a lot of other things and being a fuckboy, but that's besides the point, (laughs) where I didn't spend time watching baseball. I was growing up. I was going out to parties. Then when I found out that one of my childhood heroes was no longer going to be playing, I was like, I have to watch this season. And when I turned the TV on, there was about three players on the Yankees that I knew. I was like, Didi Gregorius, who? I was like, who is this? And it, it, it made me be like, wow, I've been doing a great disservice that's a, that's to the game that people. I love. Exactly. To, to the game that I love. And I now need to get more familiar with, I need to get back into this. And I did. I went, I, and now I'm a bigger baseball fan than I've ever been in my life. I think the problem is, is that there's so, the steroid era was so detrimental to the game. That it deterred a lot of people like myself from from like even when the Yankees won the World Series in two thousand nine, I wasn't even fully invested. You know how heartbreaking that is for me now, since I haven't seen a World Series since then. I can barely remember the the World Series when I was a kid. So, I think that the reason why there's a shortage is because baseball has lost so much interest, and and because people think that the sport is inherently boring, people don't want to sit and listen to a podcast about the sport. Do you think baseball is afraid to do more edgy marketing? I. I think that they, I don't think it's that they're afraid. I think that they just don't, I think they're inept and that they don't know how to and that they don't, they are really missing the boat on in terms of what the fans are expecting and what it is that fills up their perspective of entertainment, you know? like I, Yeah. I do think that there are some legitimate points to, like, the fundamentals of the game. Like, yeah. like the three true outcomes, like, the ball's just in play less. Like, you know, more exactly. walks, more strikeouts, more home runs. There's no... It's momentary. Like, it's very... Um, it's just, the, you know, oh, he struck out. I mean, strikeouts are bad because it's, like, ten pitches or whatever, and then yep. it's, like, nothing comes of it. A walk is the same, and a home run is very quick. But... You're, to your point, 
these are just excuses in my mind. Like, I don't think that's the difference between some, a fan watching and a fan not yeah, watching. Yeah, you can't, yeah. I, I just had, I just wanted to be quick because I had some ideas about how baseball can market because I, I yeah. Well, we're we're just really quickly, all I was going to say is that baseball can't try to be like the other sports. Yes. They have to stay true to who they are. Stop trying to speed the game up. The, the Super Bowl was three and a half hours. The National Football Game was four hours and 15 minutes. The Clemson. That, the, the, that's what I meant. The, national, the, the college football Clemson, game. Clemson, who is that? Clemson Clemson, Alabama, I think. I or, don't know. Who, or, I no, no, no. Wasn't it? Like, who, I could care less about college. Uh, but Sooners, why is it that it college football is getting more ratings than these players? They're these just kids as long. Are, they're not, and it's longer. If, if, if anything, it's longer. But these kids aren't getting paid. And they're yeah. going out there and getting their heads bashed in. Okay, I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's fine. No, I'm just, I'm just saying because, like, I'm just looking at some of the some you know possible opportunities. I've noticed like the Travis Stott, Travis Scott, uh, yeah, Nike, yeah, great point. Fire, fire. Um, some of the ambassadors of this movement, Clint you know, Frazier. But yeah, you see, but but then Clint Frazier is not only deterred by people uh, reporting on the league by the commissioner's right. office. He's yeah. also deterred by other players. You know, Nick Al Leiter, when he came up was really good friends with Michael Kay, who at the time was a reporter. And Al Leiter would get ostracized for having a relationship with my, not just Michael Kay, but other reporters because he was friendly with them. Nick Swisher was constantly made fun of and berated for being friendly with reporters. They don't. That's not their MO. It's unlike mm. basketball, who yeah. are very forthcoming. Baseball players don't want to be bothered. Well, I think what MLB needs to do is... They need to market that. Well, what I'm saying is I think MLB also is missing this opportunity to reach, like, initiatives to reach young audiences. So, first of all, I think that MLB should contract and subsidize podcasts like ours. Now, that sounds incredibly biased, and it sounds like (laughs) I'm just... (laughs) Rule number one, give us money. Uh, That would help a lot, help a lot. Um, No, but I think it's true. Like, you you can be a silent partner... And you can, you can, you know, like, for instance, like, increase the production quality of podcasts like ours and also not have your name directly attached. So you can both have us propping up your sport, but also be a silent partner and not have your potentially, you know, precious uh, image tarnished. Also, another idea that I had, right? Now, bear with me, right? Just picture this because this is kind of, like, out of the box. So... You know how, like, MLB had the players weekend, right? And the jerseys, you like the Yankees jersey, but for the most part, everyone just well, thought just, they were terrible. I just terrible. liked the way that it looked I mean, the but Yankees, first of all, like, yeah, the, the, white, the white... I, I thought it was awful. The white jerseys, you could barely even make out the yeah, logos. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, it's just terrible. Black white jerseys, black. Thought, thought was, the black jerseys were kind of hot, but yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it looked... I, I think it, it was, was supposed black. to be, like, spy versus spy, but, like, who the fuck even knows what that is? Wow, like, is that really what it was supposed to be? I heard that, but I don't even think... I don't know if that's true, but, like... That's fire, but it's so irrelevant to baseball and the time. Spy versus spy, Mad Magazine. That was my like, shit. I mean, you love Mad. I actually know you like love Mad Magazine, Mad TV. I I, I, I hated loved, Mad TV. I love Mad. Mad, TV. Mad Magazine was fine. Mad, yeah. Anyway, um, my point is right that that like the jerseys. Like if you look at other sports jerseys, they're so like in Pop. terms of reaching millennials. Pop. There's these back end markets like like these reseller markets and jerseys, and these are these are ways you permeate popular culture. So I'm thinking, right, just a way to reach our generation. I'm telling you, MLB, you can have this idea. Imagine this. A designer, right? Like a famous yeah. designer. I don't know many famous designers, but imagine like a famous designer, you get, you know, like whatever, like the 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 blessing from the streets. Like they, they <laughs> like, you know, that's uh, like some corporate motherfuckers probably just yeah. like thinking of it that way. You find, you know, designers that are relevant to that city and one game a year, a designer from each state or each MLB team that's relevant to that team designs a logo like designs a jersey yeah, a for cool that idea. game and then you play with those jerseys yeah. maybe that's an idea for the all the players weekend it's, but the but the lo- like the the nicknames yeah, are so, so bad not everyone needs a fucking nickname yeah, I agree. like well, some of them are just adding y to the yeah, end of the name I like agree. that's just like boonie what the fuck is yeah, that boonie wow i think, wow. I think like, that Although I do like Seth Lugo. Seth Lugo's is Puerto Rican. His is booty because he adds a Y to the end of everybody's names. Judgy, okay. Sebi. Okay, okay. But okay. anyway, but I, still I, I think like that to 95% little, of people who don't know that. Little ideas like that keep coming up with like I, little small things like that is going to be widely beneficial to the game. I actually think that that's a pretty good idea. Like, 
just uh, and so and also I think people would get behind because even if you're not a millennial and you they won't, need to do more throwback the, jerseys. Throwback jerseys are great, but they I'm do saying, that though. Yeah, they do. But I'm saying like they don't market it enough. Uh, they don't market it enough. But I'm saying like if you did that, like a designer jersey, people would also get behind it if the designer is relevant to that city. Now I don't know how many designers are coming out of like. You know, San Diego. Yeah, whatever. Well, maybe, but Cincinnati. Maybe I'm just saying. You never know. I just think that's a, a you know potentially popular idea. Subsidizing smaller markets and po- like podcasts yeah. like ours, I think uh, would also no. If like if, if it's about content, they need they they need needs more. more content. We could generate that content. Exactly. Is what I'm saying like well, not just we, us, but 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 you know more. No, yeah. just us. <laughs> Fuck the competition. We are here us. to save the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that I did also just kind of want to go through some um, some minor, very minor things. Like there's been some, like some specific years where the, like, the, the trends have kind of been bad because of things you can't really control. Like there's specific years where like the World Series was just not good. Like it was just like that you can't control for yeah, that. Like the- yeah. Okay. Like like when the when the when the Red Sox when the, the Red Sox the when the Red Sox beat the Colorado Rockies in like four games. Like that's it's just like over. Like it's like Was over. that 07? Yeah. And it's like the Rockies the Rockies like were this great story and the Red Sox were just like You know nope. Uh, something that I've seen um, and, or but like like also like some seasons are actually weirdly enough affected by things like weather. Like a couple of years ago it rained more than any other year so ticket attendance was lower. I think that some of the, one one thing that I've seen on social on uh, MLB's Instagram page a lot is is Mark is like they've been like throwback to one of the greatest World Series like series ever played, which mm-hmm. was the Rangers and the Cardinals. Um, that was in 2012, which had the lowest rating in baseball history for World Series viewership, and I didn't see a single one of those games. Um, that and is to true. Me, wow. Thinking 2012 about it, was awful. Yeah, and I think they averaged wow, like the last 10 million. One, 2018 was close to it. Yes. Now that being said, um, there there have been years in nineteen eighty six is there the have best been, World Series. But the thing is, atten- I don't I don't uh, think that the playoffs and 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 marketing the cha- and marketing the World Series has been a huge problem. I mean, they in twenty sixteen. I mean, granted, it was also the Cubs. I didn't, I didn't really think about that before I said this. But in twenty sixteen, the Cavs were playing the Warriors. The Cubs were playing the the Indians, and the and the World Series did better uh, ratings than the NBA Finals. Yeah. Well, I also think MLB needs to. Again, like just because the millennial market, I work in advertising and marketing, it's talked about constantly. How do we reach millennials? How do we, we have this data on millennials? How do we reach millennials? Listen to us, like fucking ask us what we're yeah. telling you what we want. And, and you know, millennials are experience oriented. We're always looking for things to do. Make your ticket prices packages so I can go I with my group of friends. Yeah. Is it wrong? I think that we need to ditch this whole idea of how do we reach minorities? How do we reach millennials? And just market it the way that it's supposed to be marketed that makes it exciting to everybody. Stop trying to tap into this, like, these demographics. No, because there's so much competition it's now. So, it makes it so disingenuous. It, well, marketing in general is disingenuous. I'm, I do marketing, and I think marketing has very valuable roles, like, especially if you know, the ultimate cause is something worthwhile, like charity, charitable organizations, like not-for-profits, like, you know, there's a lot of, like, generating, you know, revenue for your company, and there's a lot of reasons why um, marketing makes sense in a lot of different contexts, but there's so much competition now for to reach sports audiences that segmenting into different demographics is an important tool. And a lot of times certain demographics are left out. Like a lot of times certain demographics, if they're a small percentage of the population are left out. Uh, they're, you know, I'll say specifically like blacks and African-Americans up until very recently felt completely left out of the marketing conversation because they were. Marketers were pieces of shit and they were like, blacks are a very small percentage of the population. Let's have one like niche product and African-Americans and blacks were just like, I can tell the difference between like this disingenuous bullshit and something that I actually would use. Um, and, and like marketers were like, what? Like you, you have like, it, so it's bad. Um, MLB needs to delve into new frontiers, reaching demographic markets, reaching millennial markets, satisfying the old markets who are the, the ticket holders. I mentioned before, millennials are now in the, in the spending, like the prime spending of their lives and you need to capture this now because the like i said the the youngest millennials now are 24 the 25 26 27 when they get those good jobs will they be what going to football games or will they be going to basketball games or will they be going to baseball games 
And that's something yeah. that MLB needs to capture like yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anything else? Any any final thoughts? Because I do I feel think like that, we've really yeah. captured every I th- I angle. I think that it, the, in, in conclusion, I think that um, baseball just needs more content. They need to market the players. Um, market the players who don't want to be marketed as well. You can create a market off of anything. You can tap in to the fact that Mike Trout doesn't want to be plastered all over the screens and he just wants to be a baseball player. Mm-hmm. We need content on YouTube. Every single exciting, little exciting thing that happens, every little fight, every little altercation, every um, dope strikeout or fire home run needs to be on YouTube. Every uh, debate show that talks about um, uh, baseball, every every time that Ken Rosenthal, who's the Adrian Wojnarowski of baseball, has a, a, a report, or Jeff Passan has, a, has breaking news, put it on YouTube. Get first take to start, to start talking about baseball. Get get up to start talking about baseball. Start attracting more celebrities to the games. Market that. Um, and market the beauty of the game and how it stayed so successful and been one of the most successful sports in the country and in the world for the past 120 years. And also, which we didn't touch on uh, a lot, tap into the overseas market as well. Tap into Asia, tap into the Caribbean, tap into South America, um, especially where where baseball is so widely popular and where they have their own leagues, professional leagues that uh, that are pretty good. Yeah, I mean, some of those markets, I think, are developing. And I think MLB, you know, for instance, I read an article recently, I don't remember which publication, but it says it was claiming that MLB is starting to, mar- you know, do more player development in China. And the tagline of the article was MLB may have found its, its next, it may, MLB may have found its Yao Ming. And so there's like a bunch of players now being developed in China, um, you know, and player development is starting to ramp up in China. And I mean, like, you know, what happened with Yao Ming in basketball an entire generation of, of, of Asian Americans and, and Asians uh, were were introduced to basketball. Yeah, and then, I, I would say also like for me, I'm not a basketball fan, and I never have been really. Okay. But but the one thing that really actually kind of got me interested that I that I think was a way that basketball permeated popular culture was Space Jam. Like exactly. And and, and why does MLB not have its own version of Space Jam? Well, they. I mean, you can say like Sandlot, and maybe you can say like. Well, think about the major 90s leagues when, or whatever. When but baseball there was, hasn't been a good baseball movie in thirty years. I know, but when baseball was at kids. when baseball was at the height of its popularity, there was there was constantly these. There's more money movies. in it, but I think exactly. you can still generate like baseball makes bill, ten bill, made ten billion dollars last I know. year. The thing, There's money in it. The com- the one comforting thing I will say is that baseball isn't going anywhere. They are not suffering in terms of income. Um, they are still they still make. I think it's the second most money out of any uh, major sports market in the world, um, and so they're there. They're they're gonna be around. The baseball is not going to, fo- but the, the you don't want to get to the point where you have six thousand fans in the stand, like in the seventies. Yeah. So we need to, or baseball needs to begin to come to its senses, stop tiptoeing around things, and just market the game for what it is. Market the players for who they are. Um, and stop trying to make drastic rule changes and worrying about the speed of the game. It, it, it's something yeah. that needs to be touched on, definitely, maybe just a little bit. But for the most part, the game has been so successful for the span of time. I do kind of like the MLB playoff rule changes, but we'll talk I, about Yeah, that. I mean, I, I do respect like how, that MLB teams have found this loophole in tanking. It's extremely clever. But when half of, no, not maybe not half, but like, Pretty much a lot of the league, you know, is is checked out, and that fan base is checked out. It really is bad for baseball. Like, yeah, I, I, that's why I, I like the playoff changes. But I, well, yeah, I like them for that reason. I do think that it's it that see that's not a perfect. Like, I'm not, I don't, I'm a big fan of not letting perfect be the enemy of good. But that is just really, I think that's going to be really deleterious, and it's going to cause a lot of friction between players and. The what play, is the having so many competitive, potentially competitive? Yeah, teams. I don't like. The, I don't teams like the idea of expanding. Gonna, the, I don't like the idea of expanding the amount of teams that go in. But I do like some of the other changes that they brought. Perhaps, in. but I'm just saying, like, and also Trevor Bauer was right. You really are hurting. But they already the do, team you that, already that, do that. Like, why are you making? Part. Why are you making the team that won rest 
Like that's bad for the pitcher. Like, okay, but that happens already. That's bad. I mean, he, but they're, I they're expanding that. it more. Like now there's this extra game. There's this buy where you don't play. That's not an advantage. I know, that's, but that's deleterious. But f- I mean, the um, the Astros had to wait six six days before they. That's played. terrible. I know, but I, I'm just saying I don't but think again, you should some expand of the, upon some that. of the things. I will. It I, does I'm, address. Tanking. I'm all for the players, and I've, and fuck baseball because they. I'm not fuck baseball, but fuck baseball for being so out of touch. But some things that are going to help yeah, the popularity of the sport yeah. are going to fair enough. Ta- tanking, tanking players. is. I again, I will say it's clever, but tanking is such a bad thing for the game. Well, you can shout out to like the Houston Astros entire. For that. Entire um, demographics like that we talk about, like the A's, people are talking about like maybe moving the Coliseum or whatever. But like when the A's are good, like people come to the stands. When the A's are bad, people don't. Like that's not a, a problem. Like Miami, people don't come partly because the team has been terrible um, and they're desperately trying to market to uh, Latin Americans, you know, with their advertisements about family, which is something that that's a tool of marketing advertising to that demographic you talk about family mcdonald's does it all these advertisement companies do it they're nice tactics like they're effective in some ways but you need your team to be good for for people to want to go like and so addressing tanking i do think this does to some degree but it also comes with with uh with um a lot of negative effects anything else anything else you want to add or we uh, or we want to wrap it up no we're good fuck y'all no i'm kidding (laughs) I don't even want to do this. You know podcast. what? You don't like baseball. They don't fucking like baseball. Go watch basketball. Yeah. No, actually, but don't. <laughs> uh, I know. So yeah. So uh, that concludes this episode. Check out our uh, our Instagram. We now we have a bunch of new features on our Instagram. We have uh, trivia. We have polls. We have and we got behind, a video dropping tomorrow. We have a video dropping tomorrow. Made we, by your boy. And we have behind the scenes. So 